Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And we're back with another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep a variety of Christmas stories alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. Tom, before we start, I just want to say something. (laughs) Reading the feedback, which I'm sure we'll get into at the end of the episode, about last week's episode... I just want to say, I don't know how I escaped the wrath of all our listeners when I hated that movie, too, and they piled on you, but... I don't know. <laughs> the comments are really funny. <laughs> well, all you people, just so you know, I really am not even going to comment on this episode. I'm going to let Julia and Anthony do it, and I'll just chime in with my review, with my rating. Oh, don't do that. Um, I I don't know that I can handle another week of this sort of uh, personal <laughs> attacks on my character and nature. Well, judging from a lot of comments, you may not be as hated this. <laughs> so, so, so for that, I will say one thing though. I don't think podcast hosting is something for the uh, faint-hearted. No, <laughs> or easily offended. I don't think anything where you put yourself out there in general is for the faint-hearted. In fairness, that's probably true. I think you're right. How was your week, gang? It was good, I think. I don't know. I think I've gotten to that part of the year where I know I do things, a lot of things, but I couldn't tell you what any of them are. The part where it should be Christmas, but it's not? That's the part right there. That's the part. We're nearly halfway there, guys. So I've got a brag on my awesome daughter. She just started going around yesterday telling everybody Merry Christmas. <laughs> it was Christmas time, Aww. and she's ready to go get her tree. Aw. That a girl. That's my daughter. You're raising her right. Right. 100% nurture over nature, y'all. We're going to have to have her on as a special guest one day. I've been recording her talking, so I'll uh, see if I can get her to talk about Christmas a little bit for us. Oh, You should totally do that. We do a a little uh, daddy-daughter record time. I bring the the mic downstairs. We sit down and we talk about whatever's going on in her life or what she's, you know, up to i let her sing she finds it a lot cooler than you know trying to record with a video in front of her oh that's mm-hmm. so cute yeah i don't want to forget these days no. they go by way too fast did you ever consider that maybe if you weren't such a troll people wouldn't troll you back <laughs> i'm not being a troll that movie was awful and she is an insufferable actress <laughs> it's not trolling that's speaking honesty so and guys, i have to speak my truth you have to speak your truth <laughs> So tonight we are revisiting a classic Christmas story, just in a different form, right? Very different form. We are. It is a little more. It is a little unique from the uh, original that we saw. It has its own character. (laughs) We we are covering 
2017's made-for-television live musical event, A Christmas Story Live. So before we get into our histories with this film, if we have any, we'll just run through the main cast really quickly. Um, It stars Andy Walken as Ralphie Parker, and he has really nothing to his name besides this. He's been in an episode of NCIS. He's on the Nostalgia Critic on YouTube, and he was in The Kids Are All Right. Other than that... We And Matthew Broderick plays adult Ralphie Parker, and he's been in a million things. Ferris Bueller's Day Off, The Producers, The Lion King, a million things. What's War your favorite, Matt, uh, is that your fav- favorite Matthew Broderick movie? War Games, yes, that's my favorite. That's a great one. I have never seen all of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <gasps> really? That's a shame. You're missing out, man. I think I've seen it all like in bits and pieces, but it's never caught my attention enough to actually watch. I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I love the producers too. too. It's probably a toss up between those two for me. It's mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Julie. I'm going to agree on War Games. That movie was pretty, like, as a kid of the 80s, that movie was epic. Do you want to play chess? <laughs> <laughs> How about a nice game of chess? That's what he said. How about a nice game of chess? Maya Rudolph plays Mrs. Parker, Ralphie's mom. Ugh. Probably best known for... SNL, but she was in Sisters, Grown Ups, Bridesmaids. Uh, she did a voice in Big go. Hero Six, The Good Place, Up All Night. I love Maya Rudolph, just FYI. I love her too. Oops. Away We Go is one of my favorites. That's a great movie. With Jim. With Jim from The Office, yeah. yep. And speaking of The Office, Chris Diamantopoulos plays Mr. Parker, the old man. And he was on The Office as a Brian, the camera guy, who punched, who defended Pam by punching a warehouse guy and then tried to break up Pam's marriage by hitting on her. Scoundrel. Well, in all fairness, come on, guys. His marriage has just failed. He was just confused. (laughs) (laughs) He was in The Three Stooges, the 2012 film, as Mo. He was on HBO's Silicon Valley. He does the voice of Mickey Mouse on the Disney Channel in the Mickey Mouse television series. Which has great <laughs> holiday episodes, actually. Is it the one that's animated, kind of? Like that old 50s style? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The one that's not as kitty as, like, the clubhouse. Right. And, yeah. It is a little more yeah. club or whatever. Yep. I love uh, Silicon Valley, by the way. Yeah, that's a great show. Jane Krakowski plays Miss Shields, Ralphie's teacher. And we covered her recently in 30 Rock. She was in National Lampoon's Vacation, Ally McBeal, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and just go back to the 30 Rock episode. We ran through all her credits there. To keep from offending any of our listeners, I will just say that I have spoken pretty extemporaneously on my thoughts on her. You can find that in previous episodes. (laughs) She really plays the same person in everything. Every single thing. Like, yeah, everything. And it's not that... So she's very talented at what she does in terms of the music, and, but she's one note. <laughs> she's so talented in what she does that Village. whenever she was doing the, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff in the commercial breaks, she sounds completely insincere. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious, and I feel like I'm sure she's being sincere, but all I see is 30 Rock. Yep. That's it. 
And the Dirty Rock character is the same as her Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt character. It's the same character. She plays, I'm starting to think she plays herself. Um, That's what I'm afraid of, right? (laughs) Yes. Oh, gosh. (laughs) That would be It's like Keanu Reeves plays one character, but the one character he plays, at least is a good guy. I can't wait for his Toy Story 4 character because he looks hilarious in that movie. He does. (laughs) Um, And the only other cast member really worth mentioning of this is, well, besides a few cameos, uh, is uh, Anna Gasteyer, who plays Mrs. Schwartz, uh, the Jewish mother of Ralphie's Jewish friend. And then we have some people in cameos. We have David Allen Greer, Ken Jeong, Fred Armiston. For real, it's David Allen Greer this time. For real this time. I'm not mistaking somebody else for David Allen Greer. Uh, <laughs> I like Kim Jong, too. Yeah, I do, too. I, I always find it fascinating every time I remember he was at an actual like surgeon before becoming an actor. You remember that recently he saved somebody in his audience's life, right? Yeah. Uh, did he? Yeah, he's yeah. in a stand-up show. Some guy went to cardiac arrest, and he's like, oh, look at me. I'm a doctor. I got this. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Pretty cool. I like right. him though. He's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe anybody with a with a medical degree would play his part in the hangover. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Movie. I don't know if that would make me want to go see him as a physician or if that would not. <laughs> but it definitely gives me some some feels. So I'm like all of Fox's musical live musical productions. This this one was very contentious with the critics and people online. And I'm sure <laughs> we'll talk about our feelings on that. But I'm actually very curious, given that two of the three of us don't like the original Christmas story, like not just what you guys think about this one standing on its own, but what you think about it kind of compared to the original. First of all, did either of you watch it when it first aired? When it aired live? You and I talked mm-hmm. about this. Yeah, we talked about it live when it was airing. We did. So I know. Anthony and I both saw it. Julia, you didn't though, right? No. No, no. Mm-mm. Today was the first day I'd seen it. I think I remember the promos for it. And I've liked no other live feature that has happened on television. So no, I didn't watch this one. That was going to be my next question. Like, what are your views on the live features in general? I haven't liked any of them. But huh. I, I'll say this for them, and it includes to this one. Like, I'm amazed by the, what they could pull off in a live show. Like, well, in the production fairness, values. In all fairness, this was based on a musical that's been, a, that was already adapted. That was on Broadway. That was on yep. Broadway. This is, not, this is not their own creation. But, but I have a, uh, so I have a thing against musicals in general. Like, if they're adapting a film, like, Beetlejuice just hit Broadway and Mean Girls is on Broadway, like, I'm very wary of when they turn something that wasn't originally a musical into a musical. Mm-hmm. For some reason, okay, so I'm really okay when they do it with books. For example, Les Mis, right? Um, Les Mis is amazing. There's not it, was, a it was a book first. Mm-hmm. The book is amazing. The book is on un- the book. I-, I prefer the book to the musical, honestly. I mean, I'll just be, be completely honest on that front. But I feel like it's really uninspired. This whole new, oh, let's take this TV show or movie and turn it into a 
a musical. I don't see it as being very inspired or authentic. It's just, uh, just feels like a cash grab, especially like Mean Girls. I'm sorry. It's, that's just not musical material. And I love Mean Girls. It's a great movie. There, I listen, I haven't seen it. The, no, the movie I have. I haven't seen the show on Broadway. I've listened right. to the soundtrack, though. There's only really one song I liked. The others are just very forgettable. And it's kind of like, how do you turn like a line of dialogue from the movie into a whole song, you know? <laughs> which, again, this movie did, which I'm sure we'll get to, because like, I think the best way to cover this film is just going song, song by, by song. song. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say, I do want to see Beetlejuice. That's getting actually really good reviews. And the few songs I've heard from that have been... And National Lampoon's coming to Broadway, too. And I do want to see that. So There's just got to be good playwrights out there that are getting right. gypped right now. Well, I like that they're not adapting the National Lampoon movie. They're doing kind oh, of a... Quasi- they're doing kind of like a quasi-sequel. National Lampoon's New York Vacation or Broadway Vacation, whatever they're calling it. That sounds pretty meta. Yeah. A Broadway musical about a musical vacation? Broadway musical vacation? <laughs> How did y'all feel about the Disney musicals being turned into Broadway musicals? I mean, they were musicals already, and all the Disney ones have been great, in fairness. At least in my opinion. Including Frozen. With this movie, I just looked it up, and the composers of this film actually did Dear Evan Hansen. Have you seen that? Or listened to the soundtrack? I've heard the music. It's a very good soundtrack, so I'm surprised that they also worked on this. They did Dear Evan Hansen, Dogfight, James and the Giant Peach, Smash, La La Land. They did La La Land? And The Greatest Showman. Hmm. I love James and the Giant Peach. Me too. Unpopular opinion? Nope, I'm going to be positive. Never mind. I was about to say, Tom (laughs) with an unpopular opinion. Who could have guessed? (laughs) You don't like the book? Or the movie, or what? I'm feeling kneecapped here, guys. I'm feeling kneecapped. (laughs) Tom, I'm going to give you the same advice you gave me last week. Speak your truths. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Anthony. Um, I don't think Greatest Showman was that great. What? Are you serious? Yeah. What is wrong with you, man? Some of the music was pretty cool, but uh, I just... mm. I think oh, I was feeling okay. pretty annoyed by the choice to uh, to glorify Conman. Yeah, pretty much. I enjoyed it. I think the music is great. I love that. Yeah, I loved it. Freaking love that movie. Most of it to be shallow and pedantic. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of that, okay. Going on a side note, have either of you seen Good Omens yet? I love no. the book. I haven't started the show yet. It is such a good adaptation of Pratchett and Gaiman. Like unbelievable. I'm so excited. David Tennant as Crowley. Uh, I can't say enough good things. I'm very excited to start it because that's one of my favorite books. I cannot say enough good things, Anthony. Did you read the book, Julia? No, I haven't. Highly recommend. Such a okay. good book. Like I was, I was saying, man, if my plate weren't so full, I would consider doing a Good Omens podcast right now. It's that good. Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe when it's done, we could do a Patreon episode, Tom. I think we should. Let's check it out. So, guys, what are your overall opinions on this film? Tom? You know, I don't think I would classify myself as a fan. How You're diplomatic tame tonight, of man. You. Tame. How diplomatic of you. Julia, what about you? So, I'll be honest here. I didn't hate this, but I'm also going to be honest here. I saw that it was two hours and 21 minute runtime. And so I use that fast forward 10 second feature like 
all the time. So I caught the first bit of every musical number. And then when I had my fill, I skipped through the rest of it. So did you finish any musical number? Yes. I think I finished two. I'll be curious when we run through the music to see which ones you finished. They were my favorite. <laughs> I fi- I figure that's why I was like it'll be interesting <laughs> to see which one. But they were also not fourteen minutes long a piece, so none of the music is being added to my Christmas canons. Oh, me either. So I hated this when I first saw it, as you remember, Tom. But I didn't mind it this time, watching it this time. Huh. And I do have to say, as much as I hated it the first time, there are things in here I think they do better or improve upon at the original story. Yes. That's I so really, agree with that. This is a very interesting perspective that you're offering, and I look forward to hearing <laughs> what, more on this. Snap out there of the diplomacy, There are multiple things man. I like better. I agree. And I think, honestly, I think the fact that I saw this before we covered the original was helped bolster the original score. Honestly, because I didn't expect to go into that film being such a defender compared to you guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I honestly didn't. But I think there were certain things in this. Again, I think they did better than the original, but they also made me appreciate the original more. And I will say, after watching this, it makes me want to crack open the original come Christmas season and sit down and watch it. Good thing is you don't have to crack it open. You just have to turn on your television because it is on ad nauseum. So, Julia, I'm curious because I want to see what if we're kind of on the same page here. What do you think this did better than the original? What are some of the things? So, I like the character choices better for some of the characters. Like the mom in this one. I don't know how much of it's Maya Rudolph. I think a lot more of it is the fact that she doesn't seem like a doormat in this one. And she's not near as obnoxious as the first mom from the original. Mm-hmm. I liked that a lot better. Did you like the dad better too? I she's- liked the dad better. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. I liked the dad better. Even though he's still, and it's funny, Marty walked by while I was watching some part of it. And he's like, man, that dad's a lot nicer than the dad in the original. <laughs> and I'm like, he really is. <laughs> he's a lot nicer. I like the teacher better, even though it was, Jane, some of the parts with the teacher were funnier to me, like the OCD stuff. I really liked that. I thought that was very funny. And I liked the last scene in the Chinese food restaurant better too. I liked how they subverted expectations and had the <laughs> Chinese waiters sing beautifully. <laughs> yeah. And they make the comment, yeah. wow, wasn't expecting that. What were you expecting? What were you expecting? <laughs> I do felt love a little less blatantly racist. Yeah. I like that. Yes, that's true. I think the big thing that you were driving at is what I would agree with, and that's that the characters are not two-dimensional. They don't all feel like caricatures. I think that's one thing we talked about with the original movie is that everybody felt like a caricature. That's one thing you two talked about. I just want to say that <laughs> so I don't start getting hate mail. <laughs> for this setting. He wants to maintain his good reputation with the listeners. Must be nice. <laughs> you know, but some of these things we're talking about, though, like how the mom isn't as much of a doormat, how the dad is a little bit nicer, they don't seem as financially stressed in this one than they did in the movie. Agreed. It's and a different I- tone. In general. I, and that's what I was about to say. I think I like this one had more of a Christmas atmosphere than the original. Yeah, 
It definitely it looked did. a lot more Christmas and felt the house did look more Christmassy. And so did the town, which is actually yeah. the Gilmore Girls set. <gasps> is it really? This is Stars Hollow. Yep, that's. Stars oh my Hollow. gosh! It gave me all the feels, and I didn't know why. That's. Oh man! Now I want to watch it again. Watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, are you a Gilmore's Girl fan? Uh, I love that show. That's oh, so good. Look, we all agree. <laughs> Oh Sarah's my gosh, actually, they have Christmas episodes. So they only have like one. And I only yeah. know this because Sarah's been re-watching it like every night recently. And she pointed out, you should do Gilmore Girls. And then now she's up to season seven. And she's like, I finally got to a Christmas one. Because oh. they haven't had. I would go with just one. I would too. Yeah. That's a, you know what else we should do that I was thinking about? We should do classic <laughs> SNL skits. You've been saying this for two years. but yes, I, definitely I'm still hoping somebody will agree with me at some point. We agreed with you last time. And oh, we agreed with you the time it? before that. Why don't we? Why aren't we doing it? Why don't we have scheduled it? That needs to be closer to Christmas. That needs to be around Thanksgiving. I feel like that's a nice bonus episode. Dun dun dun. That way I can run long, and then we can release it at some point. Well, I'm gonna. I'm telling you now. I'm gonna keep introducing it as a new idea until we actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what you be annoying, Anthony? <laughs> Guys, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Thank you, Tom, for that. That's that's what I'm waiting for. You'll never get. A thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's why don't we the best way to cover this film is through the musical numbers so let's take them one by one so the film opens up something film the tv mm. movie opens up with a totally out of place for this production pop number sung by bb rexa uh yeah. called count count on christmas i forgot while about that one <laughs> <laughs> while she's dancing around with a bunch of people uh dressed in winter clothing <laughs> what did you guys think of this one? No thanks. <laughs> I like this one. Did you really? I like the I don't I didn't like the actual like production of it, but the song itself, I like the lyrics. I feel like it's there's a good song in there if they had a more a better singer. I like the it was song. It's pretty pop. It, it was, was a little very, too pop. It was a little too it was a little too Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. Though I disagree with you, Anthony, I respect your opinion. Now, now I know you're just trolling. <laughs> no, no. No, no. I'm so, giving our listeners what they asked for. So the movie opens up after this opening number with Matthew Broderick narrating as adult Ralphie. We ha- see the house on Cleveland. I loved him as adult Ralphie. I did too. I really liked him as a narrator walking around in the scene and all of that. I really liked him, but I love Matthew Broderick. So I'll say I liked that too. Yeah. But... I, my favorite thing about the original movie is the narration as well. So that's not really that different. I like how they interpreted it. So I was yeah. happy with that. Go moving in and out of the scenes. Like I liked even he would climb in the family car with them on their way to, you know. I like yeah. That. So the first song in this film in which we're introduced to all the different characters in this little town and the idea that Ralphie wants his Red Rider BB gun is it all comes down to Christmas. What did you guys think of this one? It was okay. Yeah, this one was okay. I like this one. I just felt like this one went on forever. I felt this was like a 10-minute opening number. Probably was 10 minutes. <laughs> I was going to say, I, don't, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if you ran the time on it. It was 10 minutes. These, the songs were way too long. Yeah, they were. And I don't want to sound disparaging of the cast and the effort that they put into this. They didn't sell me on the songs. They weren't believable. I would say... That's true for some of the cast. I actually think for what they asked him to do, the kid who played Little Ralphie, he looked exactly like him, like the oh, original yeah. actor. I thought he was so much. I thought he was good for the part. I mean, he oh, kind of oversang 
But yeah, I couldn't do him. I he I nope. that's what I mean. The minute he just, started singing stuff, I had to. I was done. Skip ten, skip ten, skip ten. Yeah, I did absolutely every time he came on. Wait, so let me God ask you. Bless that. him. It's a talent, but like I couldn't. Who did you think was the best singer in this cast? Besides, the dad was pretty darn good. Yes, I agree with that. Jane. I guess he has a lot of voice. Yeah, Jane. I mean, she's a fantastic singer. So, and dancer, she can do all that. Um, he surprised me. I well, him or the uh, I, I like the guy that's very end, and I think it was probably just expectations more than anything. <laughs> they were my favorite. Just. So this movie follows the exact same plot as the original. So after it all comes down to Christmas, we get a number about the Red Rider Carbine Action BB gun sung by Little Ralphie. Don't even have to ask what you guys think about this one. Julia's shaking her head. You guys both think he oversang. You mentioned that the last. So. <laughs> yeah, I skipped it. <laughs> I I did like the arrangement whenever they sung about the gun, though. It kind of had this kind of like Western undertone to it, which mm-hmm. went with his cowboy fantasies. The musical arrangement was good. Then we got The Genius on Cleveland Street, which the old man sings as he's doing his uh, crossword puzzle, which will eventually win him the leg lamp. He's basically fantasizing about being on a Jeopardy type show. And uh, his wife is in the audience trying to feed him the answers <laughs> very obviously with pots and pans and stuff. And <laughs> I found this one funny. It wasn't the most memorable song. The song itself was kind of boring, but I found the acting funny. Yeah, I did too. It was, it wasn't Christmas though. No, it didn't give me my Christmas feels. No, not Christmas, but which is I like a Saturday Night Musical. I thought the first song gave me Christmas feels when they're all singing about how it all comes down to Christmas. December Not after- disagree. Not disagreeing at all. No, it does. I just didn't like it. And I like in that first song, too, that they're all singing like what they want for Christmas. And some guy on the street sings he wanted a wife who can cook. <laughs> oh. Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor guy. I don't think Santa's into human trafficking, frankly. <laughs> you you know? know that. He has slaves. He's got to diversify somewhere. (laughs) So the bullying subplot is in this movie as well. And the next song is called When You're a Wimp, which is when Ralphie and all his classmates sing about being wimps. And it's, I think, supposed to be a little whimsical. I don't know. It was a little long. Pitiful? (laughs) Pathetic? It was was seriously 15 minutes long. It kept going. (laughs) You know what? (laughs) It did. I'm not going to defend the song, but I felt happy for these kids because they'd probably never go on to do anything else. Like they were in a live production of a beloved Christmas musical. They were. I can understand them hamming it up for all it's worth. They peaked. Oh yeah. (laughs) Is that what we're saying? Are we just saying that? I seriously hope none of them listen because it does sound like we're. They're doing exactly what they were asked to do. Right. I'm saying me included. Like the music numbers numbers are so long and I fast forwarded through it, which I totally did, but like I applaud the talent and the time and dedication it took to do all of this is super impressive. If any um, of the kids are listening, it wasn't them. It's like there needed the, the movie and the, the, the live action show in general needed some editing. Yeah. Yes. And that's that doesn't say anything to these to the the, the biggest problems I have with this movie are not with the actors. Mm-hmm. Your biggest problem is with the story, right? Which is your problem with the original mm-hmm. too. 
No, I just, I didn't love a lot of the choices they made. Like what? I didn't like a lot of the musical numbers. I didn't really see the need for it to be a musical. I, I feel like, again, I said, I feel like you're just kind of phoning it in at this point when you're turning everything that's ever been done into a musical. It's just lacks creativity. And when I look at, when I look at something like this with Christmas, that's supposed to be like Christmassy and musically in a musical, um, I have a hard time not comparing it to what Seth MacFarlane is able to do with Christmas musicals, even though they're horribly offensive, wrong on every level. They still all, everything that he does in his Christmas episodes feels like Christmas as wrong as it is. Everything. So you'd rather rather listen to a song about somebody wanting Jessica Biel and Megan Fox wearing nothing but their socks. It's all they want for Christmas this year. It's all I want for Christmas this year. That sounds more Christmassy than, than anything in this song. You have to admit, musically speaking, it sounds more Christmassy. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i just feel like they could have done they could have done a better job it's not the worst wish anyway even trey parker and matt Stone, like their awful songs that they do still sound more like christmas than these do i don't know i don't uh, know what i don't know about their christmas songs but south park the musical could have been like a broadway show the songs are so freaking good really um, it basically did become a musical called book of mormon <laughs> yeah that's true I think you're being a little too hard on this one because while a lot of the songs aren't Christmassy, they do have the Christmassy songs are Christmas. They could be better. Anyway, after the wimp song, Ralphie has one of his cowboy fantasies and sings Ralphie to the rescue. And he's dressed up as a cowboy. He looks exactly like the costume from the original movie, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. And he has mm-hmm. his red rider gun and he's saving his teacher and his family and from the bandits. And this is the one part of it that like one of the places where, even though I didn't love the music, it made sense to be a song. Cause it's kind of like this dreamy sequence anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can agree with that. I, but I'm kind of with Julia, I, the Ralphie songs kind of, uh, he, he's a very talented kid. It's just, he, he didn't do it for me. And then we had what a mother does sung by Maya Rudolph. I like and that one. one <laughs> I liked this one. <laughs> did you did you relate to it, Julia? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I liked this one. I did too. And not Christmassy one, one bit, but I liked this one. No, so but what did you like about it specifically? Well, no, I mean, I was so what bothered me in the first one or in the original, a lot of it was her. Like I, I have a hard time respecting characters and movies that I don't respect, right? Like how they react to stuff. And so a lot of it probably had to do with the way Maya Rudolph played the role and how it was rewritten a little bit to give her a little more, you know, a little more of a backbone. I mean, I could, I could, I felt for her. And in the movie, you know, he makes that comment about how she hasn't sat down to a hot meal for X amount of years. And this time you see also, and he says she hasn't sat down to a hot meal in this many years, but it's like, you can see the love behind it, all the stuff that she does. She just had so much more depth to her. Mm-hmm. And I was very happy to hear her point of view. So it's definitely tougher in this one than they were. Yes. And a I lot. think I had a lyric about that in the opening number when you're introducing everyone. About oh, really? About how she can be tough. Yeah. No, this one was good. And Maya Rudolph is just so likable in general. Oh, that, yeah. I like, love her. Why don't you marry her? I would. <laughs> <laughs> this is followed by an iconic scene from the original. The old man gets his leg lamp and he sings a song called A Major Award, which is this 
I love this one. I thought this one mm-hmm. was fun. I liked you, it too. This one was really fun. And he's singing, he's basically bragging the whole song, going around with his <laughs> lamp in his hands. He has this whole fantasy about like, he looked like he was at the Oscars. They did the cool live costume change. They zoomed in on his face. And when they mm-hmm. zoomed out, he was in a tux, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the stage behind them in this fantasy is all made up of leg lamps, like the arch. It was mm-hmm. very clever. This one was very fun. And I think I like this one too because the f- actor probably had one of the best choices in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Which is not what you would have expected from the dad, but yeah, he was good. No. <laughs> yeah, especially thinking back to the ad from the original. Like, he's not the one you have who assume you would have this most energy, beautiful mm-hmm. singing voice. But yeah, I like this one. Although it's at this point, I will point out, I get why they have commercial breaks. It was a live production, but like when it's, edited together on Amazon as the film itself without the commercials. The commercial mm-hmm. breaks got a little tedious. Mm-hmm. Were, especially when they kept giving the same interesting fact about the dog like 20 times. <laughs> 20 times throughout this two hours. <laughs> These dogs were adopted by blah, blah, blah. Adopt, don't shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's my adopted daughter is continually saying now. <laughs> so in between a major award and the next song, the family goes to get their Christmas tree. You get a flat tire. Ralphie helps his dad change the tire and uh, sends the screws flying everywhere and goes, oh, fudge. Except it wasn't fudge. So <laughs> the next song, he has a nightmare about where he doesn't get the... Red Rider BB Gun Christmas. I like this one. I thought this one was cute. Like a, this is t- like the Halloween type. The psycho. Yeah. yeah. He was singing, so I I skipped this one a bit. <laughs> After I saw the first part. I love that you even skipped those songs that are literally like 40 seconds because it's just like a reprise. <laughs> I was surprised when I got to the end of it. I'm like, oh, that only took like two taps. <laughs> <laughs> No, this one, this one I didn't mind. Like the, I felt like his voice went better with this kind of trippy, weird nightmare where the lights are flashing, and mm-hmm. it was nice. But my second favorite song of this, my first one was a major award, but my second favorite song is the next song, which was a part they added. So Ralphie goes home, gets in trouble for the curse word, blames his friend, his Jewish friend, and he goes over to apologize. And I love the Hanukkah song. The mother sings <laughs> in the market for a miracle, which is this big bubbly number about how Jews deal with Christmas time and Hanukkah. And I thought this one was a lot of fun, this song. <laughs> um, I thought her whole like explaining the menorah was really funny. <laughs> where she's talking about the oil and he's like, but that's electric. She's like, you want me to burn the house down? <laughs> <laughs> That's this is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Honestly, I love it. I thought, yeah, it was a lot. I of really fun. like the addition of the Jewish mother. She's and I love when she asked him, "What was it you want for Christmas, Ralphie?" And he tells her the gun, and she's like, "What are you, Meshuggah? You'll shoot your yeah. eye out." <laughs> <laughs> Who knew she had such a good voice? She had a or like really she had a really good voice. Yeah, like I was completely surprised by that because all I know Anna Gasteyer from is from Saturday Night Live or. 
the various movies that are spawned from Saturday Night Live alumni. I no, mean, that's all I know her uh, from. She's always just a, a, an ancillary character. Yep. Mm-hmm. She was yep. really good. And uh, the next song, Sticky Situation. I don't even remember this one, but the kids sung it. He got his tongue um, stuck to the pole. Also lasted um, 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, then Jane Krakowski gets her big musical number where she sings, You'll Shoot Your Eye Out. And this is a fun and one. Dances. And, and dances. And dances. Yep. And taps. And this is so yeah. over the top but it, and schmaltzy, yeah. but it's funny. It's funny. It reminded me of the Muppets. Yeah, so it did, right? Like, I can see that. Yeah. Totally. It, uh, it did make me laugh, though, how ridiculously over the top this one went. That's why, see, I liked how over the top a lot of his fantasies went. Because right. That's, you know. It's a kid. He, it's a kid. He's fantasizing big that she's, you know, just like he did in the original. He had all these overly broad fantasies. It worked. Especially as a, in a musical, they should be over the top. This one, this, this one especially worked really well. Then we get the When You're a Wimp Reprise. <laughs> <laughs> the town did just as good as the son as it did in the original in the first one when you're a wimp and this is when ralphie beats up his bully i think mm-hmm. i think the bully did a good job of playing that psychotic like laugh the original <laughs> one did then maya rudolph gets a nice song where she fixes his glasses mm-hmm. yeah she sings just like sweet. that. And then we go to Higby's, where Ralphie meets Santa and the elves. And this Santa, played by David Allen Greer, is a lot less scary than the original Santa. He looks more yeah. sober, less like he's going to beat Ralphie, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he still pushes him down the slide with his boot. He does. The tiny slide. The yeah, way less than impressive slide. Yeah, it's not nearly as an intimidating push. No. No, it's not. Uh, I will say, though, that what well, this is taking place just after World War II, during World War II, pre-World War II, they would not have had a black Santa at the mall for Ralphie to visit. <laughs> just say. Come on, we can rewrite American history to make us seem less like a bunch of racist people. <laughs> I think American history books already do that. <laughs> anyway, I, I like David Ongreer, though. Like, I generally like him in... He was fine to Santa. And Fred Armiston mm-hmm. made me laugh as the elf. When doesn't Fred Armiston make you laugh, though? I found him way too over the top on Parks and Rec as a Venezuelan ambassador. Okay, that oh, was, really? Yeah, I didn't like him. <laughs> but usually he, no, usually he does make me laugh. Is that where he came in and he expected them to like have prostitutes and stuff ready for him? Was that it? Yep, yeah, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I mean... So on, guys, he works for a parks department. What do you expect? So one part where I think they improved the story a little bit is when the lamp breaks. It kind of causes this big marital not just it's it's it's, it's a fight between husband and wife. Whereas in the mm-hmm. original, it's kind of just the old man berating the wife and storming out to get glue, and she just stays mm-hmm. home like the obedient housewife. Mm-hmm. And this one, he storms oh, out days. to get glue, and she storms out too. She's like, "I need a break from this too," and she storms mm-hmm. out. And I think that worked better. And then you got the nice bonding moment between Ralphie and his brother, Randy, trying to glue right. the lamp back together. I, I like, really, I liked really that. liked that. Yeah, I did too. And that's uh, Before the Old Man Comes Home, the song. Mm-hmm. The kid who played Randy, too, was cute, I thought. They were cute kids. They were cute kids. I mean, Randy, just like in the original, didn't get much to do. He just dressed in the big puffy jacket. But Just be annoying. He did that. The pig part was still there. The pig part was still there. And it made just as much sense this time, too. <laughs> I feel like they explained it a little bit better. 
It's still weird. In this one. Oh, it's totally weird. Like, but, oh. God, this whole, oh, this family is just odd. <laughs> um, and then the old man gets the funeral for the leg lamp like he did in the original, except this time you actually hear taps playing while he's outside throwing the lamp away. <laughs> Whereas in the original, <laughs> Ralphie just said he imagined it playing. But right. then you get the kids going to bed on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. They sing a song somewhere hovering over Indiana. Then they wake up Christmas morning and Ralphie gets his BB gun. And again, I think they did this part better than the original too. They, he has this nice sweet moment with his dad, just like in the mm-hmm. original. But their little uh, Red Rider reprise duet together, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed warmer. It seemed you warmer. Know, there was although, more heart to this. Although... I will go back to the original and say that was still my favorite scene in the original too. The yep. expression on the dad's face. I'll but um, that. Yeah, this one did seem warmer. And then when he goes outside to shoot the gun and cracks his glasses, the mom's not an idiot in this one and she knows it was the gun. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't realize it at the time, but Matthew Broderick makes a comment like, wait, she knew? Which, again, I thought that was an improvement. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> Like that, when you reflect back and realize your parents were human beings and... And smarter than... Then knew more than you gave them credit for. You always thought you were a little sneakier, but they always knew even if they let you get away with which I liked that. And then, uh, just like in the original, the dogs come and from next door come and ruin the turkey and they go for Chinese dinner. Did you know those dogs were shelter dogs? (laughs) 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 They ruin, they ruin the Christmas dinner. They go for Chinese. And I like this end scene. The, the parents have a cute little duet together about how they only need one another. They might not have mm-hmm. a lot, but they have each other. And the kids sing. And then Matthew Broderick, I think, has a line that should have been in the original. It wasn't. But he's, it was the best Christmas gift he ever had because I got it from my old man. And I think that would have tied the original up a little nicer. Yeah. This definitely made, I think, again, made improvements upon the original and I think this helped me like the original more. I can't mm-hmm. wait until they do a live action version of the elfing one. Elfing you, mom. You mean yeah, the elfing mom. Version of it? I can't wait. Live action musical version of that one. It's going to be good. <laughs> and then we have the curtain call to the same pop number at the beginning. And everyone takes a bow. And it's very cute and very celebratory. And the end. Christmas story mm-hmm. alive. I'm actually surprised that you liked it more. Well, no, I expected you actually to like it more than the original, Julia, honestly. Did you? I actually Because did. it's a musical? No, it's just I know you didn't have any love for the original. And I feel like I honestly did think you would share some of my ideas that this looks at this at least feels more Christmassy. I expected Tom to like it a little more, though, honestly. Mm-hmm. Do you have any quotes? I shared mine already. I mean,. The dialogue was pretty much the same from the original in the spoken mm-hmm. scenes. I liked it when the duck, when he chops the duck's head off at the end, but then he holds it up and he sings with it. Yeah. That part really made me laugh. <laughs> I, um, I don't hate it, but yeah. So your favorite song was the Maya Rudolph one, you said? What Mother Does? I think so. Yeah, I think that's probably my favorite. Mine was Major Award. Mm-hmm. Oh, yours, Tom. Probably you'll shoot your eye out. I forgot we had such a big Jane Krasowski fan of the show. I'm not, but I think she did a really good job with that. I'm just that or that or uh, what a mother does. That one was really good too. It was cute. That one. It was definitely not when you're a wimp. When you're a wimp, please don't do that. 
<laughs> exactly. It's annoying. Okay. So any final thoughts on A Christmas Story Live? Meh. Not in my canon. Not in my canon. Don't know if I'll rewatch, but if it came on, I don't know that I'd turn it off, but I'd really miss the skip 10 second button. (laughs) (laughs) If they, honestly, if they had edited a lot of the pieces to be a lot shorter, I would have liked it more. Fair. I think, I think this should not have been over a two hour movie. No, it should have been an hour and a half tops. Right. Well, I'd say, I mean, it was made for TV. It should have been two slots, one hour, right? They could have done it all. I know they could do it in an hour. I have faith in them. <laughs> okay, so why don't we rank this puppy? And Julia, are you going to insult a lot of fans of the original and rank this higher than the original? I just realized that's the pickle I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, I don't, I can't rank it just based on the parts I liked, right? Correct. And given the fact I skipped a lot of it, if I had to have sat through the whole thing without skipping through parts like I did, that would be my accurate ranking. So that's what I'm going to rank it off of. I gave the original a 2.5. So I'm actually going to come in exactly at the same level as a 2.5. And I know down the line we might reassess potentially. I know I'm going to give A Christmas Story another watch this upcoming Christmas and I imagine there's a chance that that ranking could go up even if not officially on our list but i'm going to give it even five Whew, that's a lot lower anthony and tom you give it a three i'm coming into three i'm giving it the same and i'm gonna agree with julia i will uh oh I, mean, I think i'm gonna give the original or another watch this year and we'll see what happens so that brings it in at 3.5 even which places it at number 42 on our list between the Santa Claus 3 and Switched for Christmas. How funny. They fell right next to one another two weeks in a row. That's funny. No comment. (laughs) Tom, speaking of Switched for Christmas, we got a lot of feedback on that film and this film this week. (laughs) As I'm sure you saw, Tom. (laughs) I feel like we're using the word film a little too loosely here. (laughs) Playing fast and loose with that word. (laughs) Okay. We got a lot of comments, which we appreciate. We're not going to read them all, but basically everyone kind of fell in the Tom, you were a little grumpy last week camp. And and the it's a Hallmark movie. What did y'all expect type camp? But to that, I would say there are better Hallmark movies out there. And Jerry Devilla said, we need an Avenger-style crossover with the four main Hallmark heroines, Candace Cameron Bure, Lacey Chabert, Alicia Witt, and Danica McKellar. I think my <laughs> head would explode from all this saccharine antics. Heck, let's turn Taylor Cole and Rachel Boss. I like Jerry. I, I love Jerry. He's, a, he's an <laughs> awesome guy. And I think whenever they do this, they need to make some allusion to one of Lori Laughlin's characters have letters coming to her to them from jail <laughs> oh gosh we can't we can't just leave larry Lori laughlin out of this out of this this magic hallmark movie matchup also where to next april pointed out to tom bougie i feel personally called out it's russian not bougie and tom replied it's spelled burr should be b-u-r-e should be pronounced burr hashtag America, hashtag America. And then where to next April replied, 
Well, in the case of America, the spelling would have it pronounced be your, but here we are. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, all the comments basically fall into people trolling Chum and defending <laughs> the Hallmark film. But we also got comments on this film we covered tonight. And um, people basically all felt that they tried to like it, but it was not as good as the original in their mind. That's how everyone felt. I'm excited because we got two reviews, guys. Two five-star reviews. Uh, one on American iTunes by Clarissa, and she wrote, love this, love to the podcast. So thanks, Clarissa. Thanks. And then we got one a month ago on British iTunes. And they wrote, absolutely banging podcast. This podcast is great for if you're in the mood for Christmas or if you aren't. It really doesn't matter what mood you're in. You will always be delighted when a new episode gets released every Monday. I recently got back into this podcast after a three-month break, and the elves are doing the best work for Santa. And then the part that made me laugh, because we finally got someone to say it. Hopefully... We will get to see the forbidden episode, Pete's Christmas. I mean, there is always hope. Oh, I love it. That's magnificent. So I don't know who wrote this one. Their name on iTunes is What Do You Want From Me? So what do you want from me? (laughs) You are the first person in, what, a year to mention Pete's Christmas after we said we were recording that one and then it never showed up. Ever. <laughs> you know what you remember what we said guys what did we when say? somebody brings it up we actually have to re-record it <laughs> no. it only sucks for you anthony did y'all see i got a little humor for you while we're being funny did y'all see drake wearing a uh, home alone sweatshirt i did and kevin and uh he Macaulay Culkin. replied yeah yep Oh my gosh, no, I missed that. Jerry DeVilla also posted a Hallmark drinking game on Reddit. So I'm Guys, I couldn't do it if I tried. I mm-hmm. was say I think we should do a Patreon. <laughs> my liver can't handle that anymore. I'm uh-uh. I'm cool, guys. <laughs> so as you can tell, we do chat quite a bit and we get a huge kick out of reading what y'all write on social media. So come and interact with us if you've never interacted before. And now's a great time to start. Um, You can find all of our social media in one handy spot. All you have to do is go to www.tisthepodcast.com backslash Twitter backslash Facebook. Um, Put Reddit in there, put Instagram in there, and it'll take you to our social media sites where you can chat with us and just bang around in general. (laughs) We have a lot of fun on there. Um, And I feel like we're pretty responsive. If we're not responsive, our regular contributors, our awesome fans are, and they're the best part of those pages. So come talk to us and give us movie ideas and just, just chat with us. And find us on Patreon. Tis the podcast dot com slash patreon uh like i said after uh in july we have some new cool merch coming out for our patreon so give it a level to get at least buttons and you'll get some fun stuff also we love reviews every review helps us to spread the christmas cheer 365 days per year by helping new listeners find us so be like clarissa and what more do you want from me and leave us a review because we'd really appreciate it so next week we are covering the 12 dates of Christmas with special guest, 
Todd Killian, who is the host of his own podcast, Christmas Clatter, and who donated to our Patreon. He's a loyal patron, and that's how he's ending up on the episode. Um, the week after that, we are covering Christmas at Graceland, a good old-fashioned country Christmas. And we're doing that at a perfect time because I guess the sequel to it, my mom was telling me, she said that, well, my, I talked to my mom and she said, last Friday, Christmas in Graceland was the Hallmark movie. Uh, you know, they're doing the new Chris, they're doing Christmas movies every Friday night. Yep. And uh, they were doing that to ramp up the sequel, which involves a marriage is coming out soon. Well, well Jerry. Spoiler alert. They get married. I didn't say who. I just said there's a marriage. There's a wedding. They fall in love at the end. No, not that. in a Hallmark film. Did you guys see that the first Christmas movies are premiering in July? The first new ones. I did. Wow. Guys, you know what else is exciting? We only have 4,776 hours until Christmas. Holy crap, that's only 199 days. That is 28 weeks. Good movie. That is a good movie. 28 weeks later? Mm Mm-hmm. That was the reference. It's definitely not a Christmas movie. Uh, Debatable. Really? Isn't 28 weeks the one with Sandy? Oh, no. I was talking 28 weeks later, the zombie apocalypse movie. That is definitely not a Christmas. (laughs) I was just joking. Wasn't the Sandy, wasn't Sandra Bullock that also called 28 weeks? That one's 28 weeks. And this is an office joke, too, because Pam. (laughs) Oh, is it really? Yeah, because Pam was making fun of Michael because he he wanted to rent the Sandy B movie 28 weeks and he ended up renting 28 weeks later. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Pretty funny that we had that confusion there. So, do your homework, guys. Lots of fun stuff coming up. Leon Day will be here before you know it. Christmas in July will be here before you know it. And then the Burr months are not far behind. So, get excited, guys. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Good day to you all. With a downstage, big brass, front page, first class, clear cut, red hot, look what I got award. It's plastic. Oh, oh.